Welcome to 80s Music Exposed, the podcast in which we review all the best albums of the 80s, one month at a time. We will break them down, give you the skinny, and duke it out over whether or not you should dig these out again. So, if you're ready for an 80s music deep dive from AHA to Wham, Bowie to XTC, Madonna, Hair Metal, New Wave, and all points in between, then crank the boombox, turn your Walkman up to 10, and let's go. Welcome back to 80s Music Exposed. I'm Henry. I'm Chris. Megan. <laughs> I didn't want to be rude. Why don't you put on like one of those vocals that says Megan? <laughs> And we and, have a and we have a very special guest. That's why we're all acting kind of weird. This is the first time that we have ever had a guest host, and it is Heather from Juno Time. Hello, Heather. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. We did feature you a little bit on. I think it was our last episode. We've taken a break. Yep. So hopefully our uh, folks out there are already a little bit familiar with you, but they're going to get more so today. But we are so excited to have another big 80s fan or at least it sounds like it we'll get into that in a minute so thanks stuff going on yeah we uh like like a a big three-month break for for you know more than one reason a big one out of the way you know i recently got separated and uh, happy time big change (laughs) in my life i needed some time and some space you know to kind of focus on that and i can't believe you didn't want to talk about 80s albums while you were getting separated i just wanted to get this yeah i mean it wasn't i couldn't give you my all so you couldn't go (laughs) full full bore into aldo nova while you were in the middle of it's just a fantasy it actually is a fantasy yeah Yeah, you didn't want to go you didn't want to go on a sticks tirade you, Although I will say, balling. I think Styx is a great addition to like the divorce dad playlist, <laughs> like along with Ario Speedwagon. Like they fit very well in why that you, genre. Why don't you just ever, everybody was smelling it? They should have just sent me songs that make me feel worse. It was not easy to get in front of the mic. I found some stability. I focus on things I love, right? Um, one of them being music. And I want to thank everybody for being kind. I got a lot of kind comments and email and Twitter. People kind of uh, figure that out. The time away has also allowed us to focus on another project, right? Yeah, and I'm kind of, it's like, it's embarrassing for me to say it, but a big part of the reason why I started a band was because of Juno Time. I was a big fan when the album came out, and I was like, man, I got to get back in the game. So I started a band, Henry has started a label, and together we just released the first single out yesterday of recording and it the video and the single are already out by the time you hear this so all of our friends out there give it a listen the song's called veronica ruse and the video's on youtube and the band is called bed signs and our album will be out in march so, so we'll talk about that more later those of you that are listening in the on the on the phone or on the your you know, podcast app, you may not be able to see the show notes, but I'll put show notes, you know, some links and things like that. But the song's called Veronica Ruse. The band is called Bed Signs, B-E-D-S-I-G-N-S, if you search it up. Yeah, and we're going to talk about... Where did that name come from? So I meant it. It was hilarious. Um, It's a We're a duo, and it's my friend Casey and I. And Casey wrote most of the lyrics from her bedroom for the songs because we did it during covid and we were isolated and 
I meant the signs to be the songs that we came up with. They were bed signs. But we're getting a lot of porn people on uh, Instagram that are um, friending us on Instagram. But we appreciate it. We love it. It's great. But um, there is no... I'm sure they're providing great conversation. (laughs) They are. There's not a a lot of... We're the kind of the boring end of that because there's not a lot of um, porn going on on our end. But hey, we'll take any and all followers. Not exactly what I was expecting. (laughs) Yeah. Type type. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about my stuff ad nauseum later. We've got a real like rock star with us today, so we've got to get to talking to Heather from Junior Time. So, Heather, um, your album came out in twenty twenty, beginning of twenty two or twenty one. Um, twenty twenty two. Twenty two. June. Right. That's when the album came out. Yeah. And I read in another interview that you did that it took you a couple years to make the record. Was that because? You, in my mind, you were so dead on meticulous about the sounds you were using, or was it COVID or was it just, it took a while to make the record? It was a little bit of both. So we started a month, two months before COVID hit mm-hmm. and we sort of had it lined up. Okay. We're going to get the musicians in and we're going to do this. And we had a date set a week after COVID we went on lockdown. So um, yeah, then we decided, Hey, let's, be way more meticulous about this. We have the time and, and energy and we're able to do this in this way. And it's kind of all we had, to, all we could do was being so limited. So yeah, we sort of made the record of our dreams. Yeah. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's it sounds like as a, as a big fan of that type of sound myself, I was just astonished at how accurate, like all of your sounds are. Like you nailed it. Yeah. Like your, mm-hmm. your keyboard sounds. I'm like, that's, well, okay, that's fucking Lisa, See, Lisa, and the Cold Jam. I would say it's like you ever met somebody who's just like a plus one. Like, okay, nailed it, plus one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's. <laughs> I was like, yeah. did, did she go back I, and get the actual people from the '80s to do the album with you? So I think you guys did a great job. Thank you. Yeah, we tried. We wanted to get as many people as we could. It was a big miss. But um, I think it's like a little mixture of my songwriting mixed with Chris Schlarb of Psychic Temple. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the one, he produced the album and he co-wrote a bunch of the songs. And he was the one that was being so meticulous about each and every sound. And he would be researching and looking up. He would he was on a deep dive for like yeah, a yeah. whole year right. just <laughs> on like how did how did they get that sound? Like what's the what that? what pedal was used on this particular thing? Exactly. And and were yeah. you like, can we ever put my song down, or are we going to wait yeah. a year? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in it for the ride. We basically met up once a week, and for half of the album, we were wearing masks and we were yeah. just sort of distancing the best we could, of course. But um, yeah, it was really fun to get for him to be so excited because it was his first time making a record like this. But he's a big fan of this sort of stuff too. Wow! So okay. um, he's a big Muttling fan mm-hmm. and um, Def Leppard. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and some of the references you had in that other interview too are like touchstones for us as well. Like um, Peter Gabriel, so is like my favorite album of all time. And then I think you said mm-hmm. you were trying to do a, a sort of a Janet Jackson type production as well. Um, which I think you nailed. I hear a lot of Lisa Lisa in the cult jam, but you, you might not hear that in there. I was afraid to drop that in there. I was going to say, hey, Heather, did you go in and say, hey, guys, this needs to sound a little bit like Lisa Lisa? And I mean that as a compliment, not as a bad thing. Yeah. Did you do that? No, I don't think it's a bad thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I basically, I made a playlist for Chris, and it uh-huh. did have some newer stuff on there, like Solange and other things, because mm-hmm. um, I really didn't think me doing this like throwback album was even attainable. 
Right. Um, with the budget I had and with the whole situation, he's a very busy man. So I was like, I don't know if we can even do that. This is why COVID was such a blessing for this record. Cause then he's listening to that playlist and he's like, but this SOS song. Right. And I'm right. like, yeah. I'm like a hundred percent. Like that's my inspiration for the album. And he's like, well, let's do that. Wow. And I'm like, all right. I mean, you down? He's like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Well, it's, it <laughs> sounds cool. great. And yeah. I've, I've been dying to ask you, is this, and either answer is, is fine. Is this, was this a concept record about those types of sound and it's not like the Juna time sound or is this just like what you do? Oh man. I think there's a, it's a little bit of both. Cause I definitely was like, this is, this is the concept right? and the movement through that, but this is my debut album. Right. So I can't really answer that entirely. Cause I do think that I'm still sort of figuring that out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like you wouldn't like now's the wrong time to say, Hey, what's next? Because, do you know? Do I know what's next? Actually, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're working. I think I read you're so working, working on stuff already, right? All right. Yeah, I'm working on, a, on an EP with um, Izzy and the Fins. He's on the he's on the label as well. It's going to be a lot of throwbacks as well, oh, cool. but it's a little different. So that's all I'll say with that. Okay. So, well, <laughs> so do you? Is it harder to work? Are you going to work with the same people now that you've left California and gone to Texas? Well, a lot of the same people. So we're doing a lot of remote stuff uh-huh. and it's working out because most people are capable of recording um, mm-hmm. themselves anyway. So yeah, it's, it's a little different. It's a little sadder because you're just alone doing it. But yep. when you meet up, it's fun, you know, s- similar to this. So. so, so in terms of like eighties music in general, what do you, what would you say is your favorite music from that era? You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things. Let's eighties is a big wheelhouse, right? Mm-hmm. So, what would you say? Prince. I always think immediately. Prince, mm-hmm. Peter Gabriel, Tears for Fears, mm-hmm. Kate Bush, Stevie Nicks. Yeah, and then there's a little bit of like the Def Leppard in there, mm-hmm. and and other things. So it's yeah. I like I like eighties pop essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's um, no. That's all. Everybody that likes this show is right in there. So that's great. <laughs> Perfect. I think we'll we'll go ahead and play one of the tracks off the record before we get into doing 1983, the year end. You had said, I think you told Henry that A Thousand Hummingbirds was the one you'd like to play first. Can you can you talk about it a little bit? So I wanted to play this song because of the, um, the difference it is on the record. It sort of shows one side of the record with the that electric guitar solo by Mike Baghetta. And it hints at some so elements from Peter Gabriel and some Kate Bush style vocals. So I really felt like it was a well-rounded sonically. That's why I wanted to play this song. Well, it is the first Juna time song I heard and it's the one that got me going again. So I really appreciate it. It's awesome. I love it. So here is a thousand hummingbirds.
It's like you do that and you do it with reverence and artistry and you don't veer into like parody. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably was walking a fine line. Initially, when we were laughing at the, the pan flute, when we first <laughs> laid it down, we were like, I mean, uh, is this too much? Because 80s can be very cheesy. And I didn't want to ever be cheesy, but I wanted to tap on that just it a wasn't. little bit. Even with, yeah. I mean, damn. <laughs> I think but yeah, I, of course I worried about it a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, but I'm I'm having fun, yeah. And if you can kind of give them a little bit of that, then sure, maybe they'll have fun with it too. And my, a lot of my fear was I don't want people to think I'm so serious yeah. because female artists can come across that way already. Okay, so so I was like, I just want to have fun, and this album made it, it just. I feel like it was so well understood. And that made me happy. Also, I think it's really a unique way of doing the 80s sound because there is a lot of that in other types of like pop music, like 80s influence. But the thing that stood out to me about your music is it's like actual 80s song elements, like things Mm -hmm. that were around at that time and used. But it's like, well, just because it's cheesy doesn't mean a little bit of it isn't good. Yeah. You know, just like a little taste, (laughs) a sprinkle. I never wanted to um, care too much about what people about being cool yeah. because there's a lot of that. And I just, and mm-hmm. at some point you're like, eh, I, I just kind of want to do what I want to do. Yeah. I think a lot of your videos too, for your, the cover songs that you did kind of exemplified, like that it's going to be fun that you're not like taking yourself super seriously either. Mm-hmm. And those are great too. 
So, Heather, what are your initial thoughts on the year of 1983? Well, as I started saying that, I was like, we kind of break down the 80s by year, but I don't know that a lot of people out there do. They're just kind of like, yeah, the 80s. But they group them all in together. We've, we've, we've such deep dived it. It's like, I think of and, 83 now and as a thing. Auto- and we've automatically yeah. assumed that Heather has boxed all of her 83. No, I know, I know, I know. We've had fights about <laughs> hey, it and everything. Hey, but. let's invite you on the show and then make you know shit about yes. a particular year. <laughs> That's what's funny. Like, I didn't, I didn't think of it by year. Um, <laughs> yeah. a li- maybe a little bit, because 1984 and 85, I kind of know that those are my sweet spots. Okay. Um, but my first thought of 83 was it was an interesting year for music and it's sandwiched in between what I consider two great years for music, 82 and 84. There were a lot of debut albums. There were a lot of great singles, but as far as whole albums go, I thought there were some important ones, but overall I thought a lot of it was just trying. So I felt a little conflicted, like, oh man, 83, too bad. I'm not, you guys didn't call me for next year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're officially invited for the 84 wrap up show. Just go ahead and put it on the calendar. So. It is a good one. 84 and 85 are also, I think, two of the best. And like the late 80s, it gets cheesy, I would say. That's when the cheese gets real thick. Yeah, I think think for us, my impressions too was the early 80s are going to be all fun and good. And the late 80s when we get there are going to be rough. So I think 83 was a good year. I thought its bottom was higher than other years we've covered because like 82 and 81, the stinkers were coming fast and furious and this one i found it hard to find a really bad one but i do kind of agree the quality of it was not to the level of 82 like overall so uh, for me i don't know i'm not feeling like for for whatever reason i saw so many like iconic records this time there are a lot of big ones that's for sure i mean i mean look at our if you look at our show notes like these are like please hammer don't hurt them (laughs) you know that's not in there but yes yeah Because we've got a lot of albums to cover, so I'll start us off. So my number two album of the year was um, She's So Unusual by Cyndi Lauper. I just love it. I think it was it perfectly exemplifies the time, and it makes me feel like what I, it's like I'm back on the bus in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's perfect. And who doesn't love Cyndi Lauper? I just I just adore. She's it. so yeah. lovable. Yeah, I think it's a great album. But like I'm sitting here looking at some of the others on the list. Like, of course, New Order is a better record, but. I love Cindy well, Lauper. Well, define better because, I mean, I love She's So Unusual also, I but I wouldn't really compare those records at all. I mean, I might Like, have totally been, different vibe. Yeah. If you sure. hadn't picked it, I might have put it as my number one. Wow. I was thinking about it. Wow. Okay. You had already filled it in. Maybe I've got a chip on my shoulder about it. I don't know. It's need. weird. I just think we, came, we probably just came along at the same time or listened to the same kind of music in the same. I always liked the videos too because at the time I was very, I was 12, so I was very susceptible to wrestlers and the whole WWF um, thing she had going on in the videos with Lou, Lou Albano. Lou, Al, Lou Albano. And there was another WWF wrestler in the videos. The guy had rubber bands all over his face too. Did we talk about that on the episode? I don't remember um, if that came up, but. I feel like it had been mentioned. Because that video with Captain Lou or whatever, like I know about Captain Lou's existence because of that video. Like I don't know anything. You don't know, right? You don't know the wrestling element. (laughs) But I know about him because of that video. Yeah, for sure, it was one of the iconic ones. Heather, what did you think about "She's So Unusual"? Oh, I love it. I mean, there's just like bop after bop, and I think it's a really well-rounded record. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like it's. for a debut record too, it's a, it's like yeah, really amazing, it's crazy. 
Yeah, it was like yeah. she was ready-made out of the box to be a, to be a yeah. pop star, which is crazy. Okay, so here's a little bit of Time After Time, and that's my number two pick for album of 83. All right, so that was time after time, and that was my number two pick. And Heather, we're going to let you go next with your number two pick for album of 1983. All right, this took a lot of uh, deciding. Um, my number two pick is Def Leppard's Pyromania. Before we talk about it, why don't we go ahead and play a little bit? What, what song do you know? um, Too Late right. for Love. favorite records one because it was just a throwback for me and my dad he listened to a lot of heavy metal which i don't consider Def leopard but he also listened to Def leopard and that was the first band that we connected on so i did a little deep dive on this record and i found that they were like a million in debt at the end of it and it was just it was super dramatic yeah they, I think that many times they were like, okay, we got to stop this. But then, of course, Muttling is the producer, and he's just very meticulous and nitpicky. Yeah, they started writing the songs in parts instead of whole songs because they knew that he would dismantle them anyway. Mm-hmm. So then they would just come up with, like, a great bridge or a banging chorus, and then he would sort of piece it together. So it was a co-writing thing. Something I already knew was that Joe's vocals were like ripping to shreds and he had to get a vocal coach and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that always is a special place in my heart as a vocalist. But yeah, it was a pretty dramatic record that they spent like a year on. And this is the the outcome and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I, I've i always thought of Pyromania and I'm, I'm with you. I never thought of Def Leppard even back then as a metal band. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was too much pop, but I always thought the pop came from Mutt Lang. Like, I think he is more of like a rock producer than he is 
uh, like a heavy metal producer. Obviously, he did Shania Twain and things yeah, like yeah. that. All right, so that's Pyromania. That's Heather's number two pick for album of 1983. Henry, you are up. What are you going with? My number two pick is U2's War. What do you want to play off I'm going to play the big track everybody knows off of this thing, Sunday Bloody Sunday. Interesting playing that back to back with with the Def Leppard song because <laughs> the drums are you want to talk about a different yeah. completely different style uh, drum sound yeah and just and it's so weird because it's squashed it's and, yeah and it sounds like he's beating on a like a tin like, like a, a tin, garbage can <laughs> like yeah. a garbage can yeah. but it works yeah for sure. it's weird it sends a mess a weird kind of message you know when other albums of that time were. You know, Duran Duran and the police, they were focused on, like, personal, you know, romantic things. U2 was, like, uh, was talking about politics and unrest, you know, and the drums speak to that, you know, rat-a-tat. My favorite song off this record is 40. I think it's the last track, but I love that song. It's really short, but I don't know, for some reason, it just gets me. Heather, you have any thoughts on war? Um, it's the only YouTube album that I that I like. <laughs> really? Oh no. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big YouTube fan. But that album is very good. Are I you... listened to I did listen to it and I was like, okay, you got me you got me here, you two. <laughs> <laughs> Bono with his silly sunglasses. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because when, when I was growing up, you two had this sound that sounded a lot like Christian music. Or oh Christian music. God, that's actually took, a really good took point. Took the YouTube sound and was like, this is it. And then I just, it always felt super. I never like, made that connection before, and I don't think I'm going to be able to not notice. <laughs> sorry, no, you, I don't. I'm so sorry. Heather, you're right. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's really funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Megan, your turn. Number two on your list. So I love the, the I was actually just listening to Dusk. Uh, that's another album by Vada because I was listening to um, this one, Soul Mining, earlier in preparation for this. The song that I'm going to uh, choose to play is This Is The Day. And this song, just like the beginning of it, it just always fills me with such like nostalgic feelings for a time that I wasn't even alive for. <laughs> so I it's like it. amazing that a song can do that. This morning, cause she didn't go to bed, you 
song alone like this not to like say that one song can like make a whole album great but this song is so good i mean when i think of this album this is the song that i immediately think of Mm -hmm. even though uncertain smile is also on it and Mm -hmm. that's another like great song and kind of like a very similar impression or vibe to it and i just i don't know his songwriting again it almost kind of reminds me of like a nursery rhyme a little bit and when i think of like good 80s alternative music the the definitely and i feel like it's a lesser known one too would you say that like i feel like not a lot of people know about no, maybe they, like this is the day but know, i don't know they know um dusk but that's a 90s album isn't it yeah dusk is a yep. 90s album and i think it's well, like, 92 yeah and a lot of people like myself included came to the the backwards because we're such smiths and johnny marr fans and like johnny marr joined during mm-hmm. mind bomb and dusk so, Mind Bomb is the one that I would uh, that I yeah. would go to, I guess, first. So Soul Mining was like this gym that when I went back for for us covering it um, here, and I was like, oh my God, it's so good. And Matt Johnson by himself is amazing. But I kind of agree with you. It's like a lesser known gym that you're not going to hear on all the compilations and that as much. So mm-hmm. it's, that's a great pick. Yeah, it was my first time listening to this record. And really? I really love the, um, the tones and the way they were exploring. Mm-hmm. So it was really, it's like pleasure mm-hmm. to your ears. And I feel yeah. like it's something you could just throw on too. Yeah. For I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Anyone say. could just enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Cool. Great pick. My number one pick for 1983. So we moved on, we're moving on from number twos. Yes. We're moving on to number ones. Yes. Everyone's okay. going to get their number one now. And mine is let's dance by David Bowie. I knew you'd do. Who's that? Yeah, I know, right? So, <laughs> just kidding. Before we talk about it, let's play Criminal World. Thank you. 
Again, I got I got a chip on my shoulder about Let's Dance. Do you guys feel like it's uh, a lot of people don't like it? They think it's a bad Bowie record. I think those people are trying to be cool. Yeah, there's a bit no of offense that. to you, so, yeah, but I think this record is great. It was super overplayed. Like I never mm-hmm. want to hear Let's Dance like the song ever mm-hmm. again. Right. Like yeah. I've heard it so many fucking times. <laughs> like. So I just think it got kind of oversaturated and it was such a big success for him. And he was a very artistic person. So I think, you know, it was like he was cool with having that success, but then also he didn't want to get pigeonholed into just doing that over and over again, probably. Yeah, I think in my like, I think he did it as like a kind of like a another one of his personas like he did in the 70s. But I think it was so popular. He and he's even said this, he tried to do it again on the next record. And that was a mistake instead of trying to be himself. And that one kind of bombed um, for him. But yeah, like, I, you know, if you're around a bunch of cool Bowie fans, you do not want to bring this one up you, before Station to Station or Low. I mean, you don't want to be like, yeah, I like Let's Dance the best. And like, get out of the room. That's just, you know, like you're, you're not allowed to talk about it. As far as this record goes, I love this record. Yeah, yeah. And I was one of those uncool people that were like, what about Let's Dance? Yeah, me too. You know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a great record. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like Niles Rogers. Yeah, I, my two favorite Bowie records are the are um, Young Americans and Let's Dance, and that's like not cool if you're in a bunch of like around a bunch of Bowie people. Favorites. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Young Americans, Young Americans is my number one. Mine as well. Mine as and well. this is so I was going to select. I didn't select this album, but I was going to select um, OMD's Dazzle Ships and like try to you know do the whole like hipster reinvention of this thing until I changed my mind. Yeah, I saw but, it on your list. I was like, what I happened do to like Dazzle Ships? I was, but what I was going to do was like try to draw two different things. We got Bowie coming from art trying to go commercial, and then you got these other commercial guys trying to make art. Right, going the other direction. <laughs> going the other direction. Which one wins, you know? Right. Well, cool. So we all like that record. So that's my number one for 1983. Heather, you are up next. What is your favorite record of 1983? This is a hard pick, but it's going to be The Hurting by Tears for Fears, really which I know pick. may be controversial. <laughs> um, what song, before we get into that, what song do you want to do you want to play off that? Let's do Pell Shelter. Why is that your favorite album of 1983? For personal nostalgic reasons and my teenage angst years. Right. Um, this was my, more or so less my introduction to Tears to Fears. Like, 
I'd mm-hmm. obviously heard everybody wants to rule the world before, mm-hmm. but I never really felt connected to them until I heard songs from this record. And um, I didn't know how much it was healing me at the same time. And yeah, I guess that's what it's meant to be for. Going back into it, I listened to it today and I was like, yep, it's heavy. And this is why I don't always choose this record and why I prefer songs from the big chair, obviously, <laughs> as, a, as a whole. It's a, it's a much better record. But this has to be my favorite for 1983 because it without this, Songs from the Big Chair wouldn't have happened. It was their debut album. and yeah, I, I think, didn't realize how young they were. Yeah, that, the that was the other That's thing. That's like, like crazy as actual angst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine creating these songs at like 19 yeah, right. Or eighteen, Nuts. however old it was, they were very young. Right, and um, it's I've, pretty fascinating. When they put out their new record that came out in twenty twenty two, which is good, it's a good record. I saw an interview where they were talking about a lot of this album was almost a concept record about the theories of Carl Jung, and I was like sitting there going, mm-hmm. "They were nineteen, yeah. <laughs> and they were like yeah. talking about let's do a concept record about Carl Jung, um, which is weird, but it worked. It's awesome. If I'm, you look at them." it looks like something they would do. Yeah, for sure. Like they're like, they're <laughs> yeah. just the goofiest looking dudes. Like yeah. they just look very normal and like, you know, yeah. they just look very kind of bookish and just not rock star types. I could be wrong, but I, like, I remember going through like a record store and seeing like their two faces. I think it was, I don't remember. Songs from the big chair. Yeah. Cause it's like, and I Both was like, oh my gosh, no thank you. No, I know. Like, I, not, not the me, best my choice. little teenage self, like who am I? <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think that's my second favorite album behind So of the 80s. But the album, for it to be as good as it is, it had to be because that album cover is awful. This album cover is actually really good for my taste. I like this one a lot better than putting their two faces on the cover. But I feel like it's so on the nose, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is definitely exactly. on the nose. Yeah, but it's better than their faces. Do you think, because they were very successful, like this is their debut album, like that's an incredible. That's a huge amount of success. But do you think, what if they had looked like Simon LeBon or like the guys from Duran Duran? I always think about that. I'm like, I wonder what their career would would have been been like. Like, you know, would it have been the same thing? Would they have even been musicians? Or if their their last name wasn't Orzabal. (laughs) I don't think, I think you're right, Megan. He was getting it from every (laughs) angle. Like, no chance. Dude, I don't know a rock star name. Change your management management needs to say, change your name, Roland. I also don't think the guys in Duran Duran, because of the way they looked, could have made this record. They would not have made a record called The Hurting. They were all wearing like, you know. They wanted to, though. Well, they wanted to make a David Bowie record. Yeah. And And I think they were much more like, yeah. Like Birmingham sucks. Let's make a record that's colorful and bright and brighten up the place. These guys were reveling in whatever was bothering them. Okay, tell me I'm wrong. And it worked. Tell me I'm wrong. Without this record, Arcade Fire would not exist. Don't don't blame Tears for Fears for (laughs) Arcade Fire. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's not their fault. That's not the that's not the worst thing ever. I like the first couple oh. of Arcade Fire records. We'll, we'll cover that when we get to our 90s or 2000s uh, I don't show. think we're going to get there. I don't either. All right, Henry, you are up, unless anybody else has anything to say about the hurting. I couldn't let the opportunity to do this go by. I mean, it's just true. For me, it's like, you know, it's like asking if water is wet. My number one pick for, you know, 1983 was R.E.M.'s Murmur. A song I'd like to play is Perfect Circle. Put your hair back. 
Piccadilly Eleven gallows On your sleeve Shallow figured Winners paid Eleven shadows Way out of place Standing too soon Shoulders high and low Standing too soon Shoulders high and low Standing too soon So, it's uh, you know, when you talk about college rock, this is the record you put in front of people. You spoke to me because, you know, I'm from the South, right? Southern Gothic stuff is all in this. All the enigmatic stuff that I feel about the South and all of that stuff is really so well represented here. And I remember l- listening to it for the first time and realizing it's okay to have a Southern accent when you sing. <laughs> it's all right, <laughs> you know? And uh, it's like Michael's, and not do country and yeah and not and not do country because for some reason I thought that when you sing you know because I had a southern accent it meant that I had to do like country music or sound like that and it, and um, it also taught me that that songs don't ha- have to always it's more about the sound of the words than it is the words themselves it was this strong relationship between some of the darker elements that were all over this thing and how I felt at the time as a, you know, angst-ridden, you know, teenager, 18, 19 years old, the first time I heard it. And it stuck with me forever. Um, I feel like it's sort of timeless. And you can't really tell. Like, I wouldn't assume this is an 80s record at all. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, that is. That is. It's definitely not, like, prototypical 80s. Yeah. I love Peter Buck's sound, and I mean, he played on a replacement song, too, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which that record will be coming up soon. Yeah, that's just, I don't know, I i love R.E.M., I grew up with them, so it doesn't really sound like any particular time, which I think that's always impressive when an artist can do that, especially in the 80s, when I feel like there were a lot of very distinct 80s sounds. I don't have anything else to say Silence. about it. Silence falls. Other than it should be on the list. It's a nice, it's a nice little, it's a nice little album. Oh, it's nice. It's nice. Megan, let's go to your number one. This is a powerhouse record. I'm I'm excited. Oh, so good. So, um, new order, power, corruption, and lies. And I want to play part of the village because I love the song. It's just such a, such a good song. One of my favorites ever.
So I think The Cure often get credited with this, but I, this record is just so gorgeous and kind of sad, that like gorgeously sad sound. And it's just so pretty. And like, I just love it. And I love most of New Order's records, but this one in particular, like even the uh, cover art, very timeless to me. I didn't even touch this because I knew you were gonna you were gonna take it, but yeah. I would I would think it's my favorite record of nineteen eighty three too. I think it's great, and I think it's the best New Order record. I don't know if I can say that, but it's I mean it's like one of them, yeah. one of the best. Any of us could have grabbed this one for sure. Yeah, Heather, what do you think of New Order? I like New Order. I think they really nail down this like sort of um, cure sound, but they make it more optimistic. Uh, while still you can still still have really dark lyrics or they just really kind of bring the joy we're gonna dance about right, yeah right. <laughs> like I, I i have very fond memories of listening to new order when i was like 16 and dancing around the house all right so that's that's our favorite albums of 1983 and we always like to do on a wrap-up show some missed gems we might have covered them but or there are albums we didn't cover for me, the first for me the one that i picked was i cannot even say the name of it it's you Utakata no Hibi, and it's by an artist named Mariah. I didn't realize it was a 1983 album until I went back through my vinyl collection and pulled it out, and it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you this, fucking hipster. I know. Um, that that thing I just said in Japanese means transparent ephemeral days, which I think is an awesome album cover. Rolls right off title. the tongue. Yeah, but I'll play just a tiny bit of the song Shonen. Megan, how about you? Originally, I was going to say Chomp by Pylon, Mm -hmm. but we kind of already gushed about that record a lot. But I just wanted to mention it again because it is really, really good. And I hadn't really uh, heard of it much. Like, it doesn't ever get mentioned. So just putting that out there. But I really like uh, Construction Time Again by Depeche Mode. We missed this somehow. I'm surprised I didn't mention it before. I love this record because it's a turning point kind of for Depeche Mode, I think, stylistically. Um, and Pipeline is a great song. It has a very, very slow build, but I just love the sampling on this record and particularly this song. This record is, I think it's great. Um, I've never and I mean, heard it's, this Depeche The rest record. of the record doesn't necessarily sound like this, but this song in particular, I, I just love it. I All the industrial mm-hmm. sounds, like Depeche Mode, obviously they did that a lot, like Black Celebration too. But for some reason, I love that. It's just like right up my alley. Like, How, how did we not review yeah, this Yeah, I'm one? shocked it how wasn't we, on our list. I didn't even mention it. I was going to say, I, I saw it on the list and I was like, hmm. Because I love that record, and yeah, it came out in 1983. Heather, what's your <laughs> Miss Jim for 1983? 
So mine's The Wild Heart by Stevie Nicks. Yeah, because she had just found a new appreciation and love for her life and career after the death of her best friend. So all these songs were, except for one, was written in that vein. So even though I wish it had gone a little synth heavier mm-hmm. and just go, just go for it. You know, wow. you already wanted to just go for it. But, but with that said, I still really love her heart in this record. So, Oh, and I'd <laughs> like to play stand back because Prince is playing synth on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why not? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that either. Crazy. Um, I, assumed, I assumed it was Dave Edmonds all day, every day. I don't know why. <laughs> Do you know why it wasn't credited? I imagine Prince didn't. just didn't want to be associated. He was so particular about every little thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it came out after he died, which is kind of messed up. But I'm not 100% he had that sure in that. his will. just my memory. Yeah. Um, all right, Henry, what was your Miss Jim? So my Miss Jim, I was, you know, over this whole period of time, I've been looking at meditation and stuff like that. And, that, and every time I did, somebody would say, hey, try to put on some tangerine dream. Tangerine dream? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? And uh, I want to go back and look. And I was like, really? And then I said, wait a second. What is this? And everybody's talking about this record called, gosh, it, I wrote it down. Hyperborea. Hyperborea. And mm-hmm. I put it in my ears, and it was like, if you ever had a problem getting into meditation or trying all of this, might be the record for you to try to get there. And I was really impressed. This is their 19th fucking album. Yeah, they have so many <laughs> and I'm albums. Like, and and why is this one? What What is it about this? Why does their 19th album in 1983 get kicked like the top, you know, great records of this year? And I put it on, and I, by God, it's pretty good. <laughs> you didn't tell us the song you want to play. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. You got, you got <laughs> No Man's Land on the uh, Yeah, play No Man's Land. Okay. Sorry. All right, that's all we had time for. Awesome. Um, <laughs> what an ass out. Can't wait to uh, check out the rest of that one. I come back. That was really funny, and it, He immediately starts shitting on me. <laughs> oh, come on. That was just wait for the episode. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It'll be in there. It'll be in there. All right, so that is our wrap of 1983. Heather, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, Google Goggle, yeah, one you. of us. What the fuck? The <laughs> Heather, you pieced in on us like you've been here the whole time. What the hell? <laughs> I guess yeah, I've been listening. So and yeah. I and I love eighties music. So there you go. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it. It worked out really good. Um, 
Yes, and you're welcome back anytime you want to come back. Thank you. Heather, is there anything you want to plug, like um, upcoming anything or a show or anything like that? Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm writing an album with, or I'm sorry, an EP with Izzy and the Fins right now. So I would just say follow me on Instagram, Junatime, J-U-N-A-T-I-M-E. Check me out on YouTube and just wait just a couple months. And I have an announcement that'll be that. <laughs> Great. We'll put, awesome. We'll, awesome. Put, we'll put links in the show notes. If you like Appreciate it. it. Yes, yes. If you like the records we're choosing, please consider subscribing to the pod. You'll have our newest content downloaded to your device. Uh, <laughs> review us on Apple Podcasts, other platforms. We're back, folks. Thanks so much for everything. You can chat us up, ask us questions questions on twitter at 80s exposed or email us at 80s music exposed at gmail.com there's always a link for a voice memo on Speakpipe in the uh in the notes there you can hit us up on social media uh chris what's your twitter handle uh at tci do mine is at hank g megan's on instagram at uh bastards of young 92 heather uh put all of her stuff uh, on there you want to repeat it again heather Sure. Um, at Juna Time. Very good. It's fun to say. Her awesome. Instagram and, and YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and and because it's a special occasion, we're going to go out uh, a totally different way than we normally do. We're going to let Heather pick another song from the album to go out on, and we're going to get to play the whole song because we have the artist here. Yay. Yay. Uh, what song do you want to go out on? And tell us, I'm gonna go tell out, us about it. I'm going to go out with Remember the Magic. Awesome. That's the title, title cut. And do you have anything you want to say about it um, in particular, or you just want to go out on it? Let's just go out on it. Let it speak for itself, I guess. I want to thank everybody for <laughs> awesome. listening to our show. Chris, Megan, Heather, guess what? What's that? I made you a mixtape.